Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. And there's been some stuff going on in the OSR world, I guess. Some new Kickstarters opening, some ending, things like that. And I don't really want to get into that. So let us talk about a bit about monsters and your campaign. I've touched on this subject before. What monsters you want to use, ones you don't want to use. Some people are very fussy about their monsters. Some tend to throw the whole book in there. I I pick and choose my monsters. I mean, I've got... I've got the core monsters. I usually have the the usual core monsters that everybody has. And to me, they're plot-specific a lot of times. Now, we're always going to have goblins running around and orcs and giants and things like that. Or not, depending on your setting. But for me, I just take it for granted these critters exist in my world. And whether you run into them or not depends on what you're doing at the time, what the players are up to, and what the plot says, or the rather the the framework says. <laughs> I still can't break myself from saying that word plot because to me plot it represents a finite thing like a book or a movie script or something like that. So I, I you you know my feelings on that. But anyway, back to monsters. You should decide what your car monsters are when you start start your, your world, your campaign, or whatever. But that, that goes without saying. But if you ever run into monsters that, I don't know, kind of clash. Not really clash, but you've got these new monsters, okay? And you don't know how they're going to work into the ecosystem. But at the time, you don't think about that because... There's some. They're part of the plot. Plot. There we go. Plot. Part of the scenario, the adventure that you come up with. And if you use them, to me, if you use them long enough, they become part of your ecosystem. And you've got to decide: is this a one-off, or is this something you want to work into your world? And I talk about working into your world because I don't think you should just like wholesale, boom, these monsters happen. Yes, they can run into them for the first time, but there's going to be some monsters where if the player characters are any kind of locals or at least part of the world, they would know about these things. That's the kind of thing you should put in your notes for the campaign at the beginning of the campaign for the players. This is what you know. I'm a proponent of doing this is what you know about the world. And which is funny because in the Monday game, it's a given they know about the world. They don't worry about it because we are so... We are so, one, we're so used to each other at the table, and two, we've all been playing this game for so long that we pretty much know the usual suspects, and if something new comes up, we they just adapt to it, and just, but I'm saying, like, say you're at a convention game, and all of a sudden, these things pop up. Whoa, what are these all about? Well, you tell them at the beginning. Okay, let's not use a convention for a minute. Let's use a regular game. You're just starting a campaign. 
and you say, Monster X appears. They've never seen this thing before. You might even want to do the whole descriptive thing before you even come up with a name. That, or even anybody uttering a name. That's always fun. That's, that's the, the joy of discovery, you might say. But you also got to think about, like, well, how do you get these monsters into your game as an ecosystem thing, the flora and fauna? Now, this brought, the reason I brought this up is because I was looking at my, my Midderlands books again. I'm going to be getting a third one in the mail pretty soon. And I look in the back, and Glenn and company has a bestiary in both these books, Midderlands and Midderlands Expanded, that I look through them, and first of all, there's a lot of them. And secondly, they're not your usual goblin, troll, orc, ogre, whatever. And they are really quite odd-looking. And at I don't want to say they're at odds with traditional fantasy because it is traditional fantasy but it's on the weird fantasy side and i'd love to incorporate all these but i have a feeling that i if i do that i'm going to have to do it slowly this is the thing you should this is you should do this slow he's got a whole he's got a whole like section of the bestiary in the first book on fish what you find in the lakes, rivers, and seas. And a lot of it looks like something you'd see, the fish, the kind of fish you'd see like deep, deep, deep down into the, in the ocean. And, you know, that's the kind of thing I could probably build a scenario around. But would it fit in my world as an ecosystem? It must, because in our world, if you're going down that deep and you're running into these things, you don't know what you're running into. I just saw an article on Facebook about this, uh, I think it was Spanish or Portuguese fisherman, who was showing off all the, the, the carcasses of the fish that he was bringing up with his net because he was going down that deep. And some of them, you could stat them up and use them as something totally weird. But do they fit into your world as a, as a regular thing? Yes, but they're rare. So this is the kind of thing you got to do slowly over the course of several sessions, over the course of a couple of campaigns. I'll put a okay, Midderlands book. I'll just come, the first Midderlands book. I'm just going to thumb through here and pick out a monster. All right. Um, okay, the four-eyed grabber. Now, the four-eyed grabber looks like something... It looks like a snail-type creature with barbs on its shell. The head has got three eyes and these two... In fact, I think it has five eyes. I'm not sure, because there's two on stalks and three on the main body. A couple of tentacles, and this is all in the head part. And... Okay, fine. That'd be cool to have in our world, but it's not something I can. If they, if you want to make it part of your like, this is what the world's about. I would take, and you want to integrate this. You'd say you're just starting a campaign or something like that. I would just take a couple of these, 
and integrate them into your world to start. Okay, maybe some of the other ones are regional and you're not in that region or the player characters aren't in that region. And if they go adventuring off, they're going to see more of these things. That's why I said you just sort of work them in slowly. And another another thing you got to remember is there is such a thing as too much mo- too many monsters. And if it really becomes a problem keeping track of all these, I would cut it back. I would make most of these regional where, oh, you see those over on the East Coast and we're up here in the North and, you know, I've seen pictures of them, I've seen drawings of them, but I've never seen one before in person type of thing. So they go adventure in that area and they see these other different creatures and they can come back and tell their kids and grandkids and folks and, and people, oh my goodness, you should, you wouldn't believe what I saw, da, 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 that kind of thing. So that's kind of how you work it in. And after a while... If you don't want to use all the monsters in whatever monster book you have, I mean, I can't imagine using every single monster I have in the world. I can't, you can't cram enough of that kind of fauna in your world and not just go crazy, either go crazy keeping up with it or just, you know, every time they set foot outside the town or outside their door, something's going to attack them or something. It just, it's too crowded. So you have to pick and choose. And if you're going to introduce new monsters, and that goes not just for something like the Midderlands, but any monster book that you get, you'd think, oh, that's a neat monster. Or I can build, better yet, I can build an adventure around that monster. You have to do it judiciously. And like I said, give it a slow burn. If you want to introduce one automatically, boom, make it just one or a couple or something you don't see all the time you can't all you can't be play to me you can't be playing like 10 sessions in all of a sudden boom there's all these little little creatures running around oh they're always there no no they weren't so like i said it's a slow burn and if you do that your life will be much much easier so there you go all right i'm gonna go start my day so Tell you what, if you want to talk to me about this, you can email me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you once again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Mark, and Juan Carlos. Don't forget The Yawning Owlbear by Moxie Walring. And so, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Bye.